You're now listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and this is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. So this past week, we've seen general election 2020 take place, and with voting on Saturday with the count on Sunday, and announcements throughout Sunday and Monday, Alan Jakes writes on the front page of this week's Limerick Post newspaper about the winds of change that's swept through Limerick's political landscape. We've seen Morris Quinlevin from Sinn Féin top the poll in Limerick City Centre, with Willie O'Dea of Fianna Fáil elected, Kieran O'Donnell and Brian Ledden, the first ever Green Party candidate elected to the city. And following his election, Morris Quinlevin had this to say to the Limerick Post. Deputy Quinlevin, if I just get your reaction to being elected and topping the polls here in Limerick City. Well, I'm very humble, to be honest. You know, it's, uh, it's a great endorsement for myself. I was first elected four years ago, and the people came out in huge numbers on Saturday, endorsed me again um, with a huge mandate. Um, I'm just humbled and proud of that. You know, I came from a council state in Belmont originally. Um, I, I believe I, uh, I just want to thank the people who came on board for me. I want to thank specifically my wife, my family, uh, and people in my party who, who've worked really hard, especially over the last couple of weeks, you know, in atrocious weather sometimes, and deliver a champagne seat. It wasn't the case that I wanted to top the pole or I wanted to be first or whatever. I wanted to deliver a champagne seat so we champagne could be involved and deliver the, the manifesto we had, which would be give families a more good break. So, you know, I'm really, really humbled. I just want to thank everyone. And uh, we've heard the reactions from counts coming in from all across the country. Yeah, the party's polling extremely well. You know, we seem to be topping the polls in most of the constituencies. We've got 15 elected now, I think, at the moment. Um, you know, we're on course to have the highest number of Sinn Féin TDs ever elected, um, probably since the Canadian election. Um, you know, it's just humble, but we have to see what way all the final seats go and then see what, how we can do a formation of them. And uh, you said earlier that Sinn Féin wants to be in government, even if that does mean a coalition, but you know, Varadkar has been quoted as saying uh, a forced marriage wouldn't make a good government. Yeah, well, I don't think Leo would be the would be the leader of Fine for much longer, you know, and that's, that's what, what I would understand. But when talking to Fine members here today, they're seeing the campaign they had, they're seeing the leadership, they're really angry. And the position he, he left them in. So, look, I think it's changed, but what's Michael Martin as well made a big mistake during the, refer- or during the election by using the word never, never, never a few times, you know, so that would come back to Boyd as well. I'm not desperate to be in government with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. I think it would be the worst outcome for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael in government. We have to wait and see what we all see come first, and then we will sit down and see. But I know my own party leader is talking to all the parties over the next month. And in Limerick County, we saw Patrick O'Donovan of Fianna Gael elected, with Niall Collins of Fianna Fáil taking the second seat. And history was also made as Richard O'Donoghue became the first independent in history to be elected from Limerick County. One of the major casualties of general election 2020 was Labour's Jan O'Sullivan, who failed to regain a seat. But local politicians took to social media to pass on their condolences to the hard-working Labour TD. William D said, I also want to commiserate with my running mate James Collins and the other candidates who failed to get elected, including Jan O'Sullivan, who has a very strong track record and represented this constituency for over 20 years with me. And Elisa O'Donovan took to Facebook to say she was incredibly sad to see Jan O'Sullivan no longer as a representative of Limerick. What this woman has done for me and so many of us in politics in Limerick is phenomenal. She's a trailblazer and has always been exceptionally kind and genuine to me. For all of the Limerick Post's election coverage, you can pick up this week's Limerick Post newspaper or visit online at limerickpost.ie. I now join in studio by host of the Limerick Post Show, Megan Scully. Megan, how are you this week? I'm doing great, Keen. Thank you very much. It's uh, the end of the week, so, you know. It is the end of the week. 
And we're one week away from the Digital Media Awards. We're a week away and I'm fairly excited for it. Yes, you've got your tux sorted. I don't have my dress sorted, but look, we're nearly there, are you? Yeah, I've, yeah, look, it's it's about sustainability this year at the wards, so I've a few dresses at home that I can wear if I'm nice stuck. One. No upcycling going on, though. Yeah, no, no, just uh, <laughs> the dress actually has a few tears in it, I'd say, it could do with a bit of stitching and so on, but it'll, it'll be grand for the yeah, night. Yeah. And uh, we had a busy week this week, kept going. My yeah. feet are in bits running around at home. I know, I have to say, my yeah. Fitbit is going to explode with all the work we've done. <laughs> um, I suppose one of the big items were um, the Aer Lingus launched their new Airbus A321neo. So we were lucky enough to go along to Shannon Airport in the morning time and we chatted to um, Andrew Murphy, the CEO of You had Shannon a nice Airport. time in that aircraft. I had a great time. Lounge I got to sit in business class. Massage seats, Yeah, reclined. but now it spoiled me because now I want to travel in business and I probably won't ever get a chance to. So, um, so I suppose one can dream. What were you talking to Andrew about it or? We're just talking about, I suppose, Shannon Airport, the new flights, um, the new routes, including um, Barcelona and Paris. There's also Vienna. And I guess the main message is you need to get bums on seats, really, to mm. keep the airport going. And I know people are often saying, why is there not more routes from Shannon? Well, there can't be more routes if there's not full planes. And there so. are some nice routes out there at the moment. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I saw um, yesterday, um, you can go to a place in Lithuania, which I never knew about. Yeah. Um, there's also Edinburgh as well. So, yeah, there's definitely loads of places to travel to. Barcelona and France that who knew... Uh, Routes that were announced yeah, a couple of Vienna, months ago. Yeah, um, Vienna, obviously London, a few yeah. other UK destinations, and of course, um, USA, um, New York, and Boston. And you're going to be flying business class every time. I absolutely am. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the goal. Um, so that was one of the events yesterday. We also spoke to the British ambassador to Ireland, um, Robin Barnett. Uh, so he was a really interesting man and he was in for a special uh, event called Joining the Dots. It's kind of bringing manufacturing and companies together um, and kind of keeping relations going there. And um, really big turnout for that event in the Shannon Suite in the Strand. So uh, that was really cool to see. And it was really interesting to talk to him. And uh, he signed himself up for certain something with us during the summer. And uh, you'll have to watch the video and find out what that is and then during the week we had a bit of snow yes we did and we were out in Glenstall Abbey oh that was and so cool it was like a winter wonderland it was fabulous in spring there. it's so worth going out <laughs> to see the grounds it was amazing um, it was safer internet day during the week so we went out to chat to um, one of the teachers Anne who is the coordinator of um, L- 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 SPHE SPHE I was going to get that <laughs> why is that called and uh, some of the students as well and one of the students being an ambassador for Safer Internet Day so it was really cool to see what the students were doing for that and I actually learned quite a lot off them so I would definitely recommend watching that video because there's some really great tips out there especially if you're a parent um, who has a child that has a mobile phone and access to the internet which I'm pretty sure every child does nowadays so where can people see this video limmerpost.e forward slash show is where you'll find all our content and also just want to mention as well another thing that's in this week's show is the Hunt Museum have an amazing exhibition it is best you were costume at that goes last to Friday. I was yeah. uh, Neil Jordan was there um, the director and producer who I actually interviewed a couple of years ago in London um, so uh, some really amazing costumes from loads of really iconic movies including Michael Collins and the outfit worn by Mel Gibson in Braveheart which one stood oh, out to you the most was Braveheart, it Braveheart? Yeah. yeah I think that's just so iconic now the outfits I've never the seen the film have you not no I think really? I watched about an hour of it or something oh wow I never watched the full film why not I'm not good at watching films. I usually fall asleep halfway through. It's really I'm worth one of it. those people. It's yeah. tough watch, but it's definitely yeah. so worth a chat. I heard about the ending, so yeah, the ending. I don't think I have to watch it, do I? Uh, you kind of do. <laughs> no, it is great. So I definitely would go see that if you um, have time off. You look for something to do in Limerick City. Head into the Hunter Museum and check it out. Megan Scully from the Limerick Post Show. Thank you very much for joining us, and I'll see you next week at the awards. Camille Margaret, yes, you'll see me yeah. at the awards. Because I sure. believe you're, you're having something done to your tooth. <laughs> I've been actually keeping this really private and really secret, and I haven't been telling anyone at all. I mean, absolutely nobody knows what's happening on Monday. Yes, I'm going in for a procedure.
<laughs> procedure. Yeah. Megan, best of luck <laughs> and uh, hopefully the effects of the procedure wear <laughs> off by the awards on Friday. I hope so too because I want to enjoy the awards show. Yeah, so. and, and the food at the awards show. Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to eat by Friday yeah. but look, I'll, I'll try we'll my best. Thanks very much, Megan. Thanks. I'm now joined in studio by our arts editor, Rose Rush. Rose, how are you today? Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much, Kian. And what popped up for you today was on a circular I'm circulated virtually every day by clicking go. And it said uh, 10 things to do in Madrid. And I, posted I just saw it your WhatsApp, you. actually. Yeah. And I think Madrid was very kind and charming and tender and loving to you very recently. And I wonder how many of those 10 things did you score? Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I didn't get a chance to read it yet because I was actually very busy today. El Retiro Park. Retiro Park. Yeah. Uh, Reina Sofia is probably one of them, is it? Yeah. Toledo. Yeah. Toledo, I've been to. Yeah. Yes. Museo Prado. Yes. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? I go to the one, the Metropolitano, anytime I'm there to watch Atletico Madrid play. You're such a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be going I'm back there now next month. At you, so I thought. Yeah. So I thought. I'm going back I'm next month. And then once again, the month after that. Madrid is <laughs> keeping you warm and entertained. It is indeed. How are you, Rose? Jealous. Yeah, <laughs> as always. <laughs> well, Rose, you're going to, we were, I was talking about the politics earlier on. We had a general election. We had a hot and heavy several yeah, times in the office, hadn't we? Yeah, but, uh, you're going to give us a bit of comedy now, I think, record. to lighten the All mood. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll, we'll gladden our heart okay, on this happy day. Five performances and five beneficiaries is the promise extended by New Hope Drama Group as they tour Limerick, Cratlow and Tip with a bedroom farce set in rural Ireland. It's Valentine's weekend. I just had to publish this story. It was a lovely Alice O'Farrell got in touch with me. She's an actress within this group. And while she has her principal part, she says, look, Rose, it's a strong ensemble piece. We're all busy on stage and we're all on stage a lot of the time. Uh, her character, Chrissy Foley, is newly married to Gabriel Foley. And already they're hitting a sticky wicket. <laughs> but not the preferred sticky wicket. <laughs> Moving on, a counsellor becomes involved. His mother, Aggie, played by Pauline Fenton, who's um, uh, uh, a very funny and nice antique dealer in town, becomes involved. Too many people become involved. Anyway, this play is by Jim Keery, who is described uh, in a long and interesting profile in The Independent as Ireland's best known unknown playwright because apparently at any given time up to eight drama companies and drama companies in the country could be staging his works he's widely oh. popular in you know with the irish diaspora overseas yeah. he's written about 19 maybe 20 plays overall and he began whilst working as sole carer to his mother who had alzheimer's she was a widow and he's an only child so an interesting man, an interesting profile. So there are layers of depth and interest to his works behind the laughs. And would which, comedy be the main? Yeah, 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 yeah. He writes straight drama as well, but I think where he excels is uh, sort of bleak house funniness. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to give you dates. It's only a tenner to get into this show. And it's for charity, you were saying? It's for five charities. Yeah. So can you bear with me while I give you a date and a specific yeah, charity no per date? Yep. February 20th, Cratlow Community Hall for Limerick Dragons. February 21st, Cratlow Community Hall for Limerick Marine Search and Rescue. February 22nd, that's the third date of three in a row for Cratlow Community Hall. Uh, it's last night for Dogs for the Disabled. Then we move forward, uh, uh, New Hope moves forward a week to February 28th. 
and that's at New Pars. Uh, sorry, you mean New Parsic? That Pierschig. <laughs> 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 that is so bad. Now Pierschig GA Club in Gary Devon uh, to benefit Brian. Uh, sorry, Brain Tumor Ireland. And next month, on March 21st, New Hope Theatre Company will move to St. Anne's Community College in Ballina, Killaloo. And that's to benefit the local suicide watch patrol groups and suicide support. That's brilliant because there's a very varied charity isn't there, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, and this is an unfunded group uh, putting in. You, you know, Alice tells me they began, um, oh, long, long time back, uh, October with this show and this rehearsals, and then a, a loved central member, uh, Greg Ryan from Thumbingate, died out very suddenly. Oh, very so sad. they were devastated. Mm. They just had to leave things go cold until they could get their courage again and meet their commitments to the to the beneficiaries. Yeah. Community theatre in Limerick is very strong, isn't it? There's the community heater is the- strong? Theatre. Oh, theatre. Yeah. Thanks, well, Blaman. There probably is a nice heater around as well. <laughs> I'd say Rose, but uh, not in this context. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not in this office. I think in the arts. <laughs> it's not, not in your podcast room. It's perishing in here. And I've got heaters on my mind. <laughs> so uh, then we move on to dance, Rose. Yes, contemporary dance. And this time it's the Catherine Young Dance Company. She is an esteemed choreographer and dancer herself who has done plenty of work with her own dance, Limerick and indeed Dance Ireland. Catherine Young has a history of working in privately owned direct provision centres around the country, principally in Kerry and Cork, uh, also Longford. And she did a stint in Mount Trenchford, uh, sorry, Trenchford in Foynes, and she was most pleased to see Mount Trenchford close its doors. OK, now she has a professional show with about half a dozen dancers and four instrumentalists on stage and asylum seekers come in. They're veiled, their identity is kept from us. But to give some grit and bone to the show, uh, there are people who wanted to take part and they sort of do a, a preset and a, and a closing piece. It sort of bookends what the professionals do. Now, this is not a grim show for all of the idea that it's titled State of Exception. It's a poke at the country, not a specific government or a specific mindset, but it is a poke at the state of Ireland and be its people who have been content to uh, lock asylum and refugee seekers away in uh, centres that are remote from the city centre. Uh, we don't see, hear and engage with the communities kept within on a very, very frugal stipend. And their cases can be ticked over for 10, 12 years until they're heard and then granted citizenship or the right to live here in full or deportation. So uh, I think we need to uh, throw... So it's a very political piece, really, isn't it? It's a very political piece, but interestingly, the artist in her wants to make it fun, yeah. wants to make it entertaining. And she says you can approach it as you will, because it's quite a thrill to view for its contemporary dance unit and for the musicianship alone. So she, she tells us the bones of it. Island seekers, their identity veiled, appear only at the beginning and the end of this 75 minute show to enhance its authentic feel. With those who wanted to tell their stories, we sat down and recorded them. These sound clips are interspersed with sound design throughout the work. We have live music, four professional dancers and four musicians. 
and the Irish Arts Review has described and reviewed the show as a powerfully visceral experience and one of the most compelling depictions of the refugee crisis to date. And yet she tells us the music is wonderful with cello, drumming voice, and it's such a physical show with lots of dance. So you can come to see it from whatever platform you stand in. It's in Lime Tree Theatre midweek next week, Wednesday, February 26th. Brilliant. That's one. Sounds like worth seeing anyway. And then, uh, Rose, you've been to see a show recently. Yeah, so something here that I'm reviewing and not previewing. Uh, Great pleasure and a huge, huge house last night at University Concert Hall on Thursday, February 13. We're talking now. Audience members, because there was time to chit-chat before, during and after. Uh, People I met, I travelled from Galway, Bantry, Ennis, Dremoland, Tipperary. Okay, this is to, yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a distance. So, Keen, you and I who live close to the concert hall, we are most blessed. And that Irish Chamber Orchestra, subject to, to this audience, um, that they rehearse and work and many live in the Midwest. We're very, very lucky to have them located here in Plassey. So, last night was special because it was the opening concert of 2020. They chose to cite it in Limerick and not Dublin. Uh, it's the opening of a year's celebration of Irish Chamber Orchestra's 50 years ago, and that chimes with Beethoven's 250th anniversary of his birth. So they, um, I can't say they twinned because there are three factors there going. They brought all those factors together. Opening night was last night. The crowd showed up. Uh, an interesting program that was upbeat and ran at a pace. And I say it began on a vigorous note that was to inform the night. Cambrio is the running thread there. And Cambrio is an Italian expression that means, you know, with pace, with vigour. Uh, their merry take on Mozart's overture to the marriage of Figaro. Uh, kudos for this concert belong to Jörg Widman. He's the artistic principal uh, partner. He's the world's most played living composer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He is artist in residence for Carnegie Hall, New York, and he's our guy. He works with our Limerick-based Irish Chamber Orchestra. That's massive, isn't it? That's massive, yeah. yeah. So uh, his guest artist was an Italian who works quite a bit with the orchestra, Diego Cena. Bassoon, uh, you know the bassoon. It's an extraordinary looking yeah. instrument. Very, very beautiful and as tall as a house. Uh, Jörg Widman has written his own uh, overture it's Cambrio overture he made it very clear to us last night that this overture was inspired by the wild wild movement of Beethoven's symphonic work that followed that's Beethoven's famous seventh symphony and I say that Widman's piece of work was dominated by timpani they were oh my Christ almighty beautiful you know the timpani those enormous vast drums yeah you know, flat surface, they screen forever. It's like, you know, playing four football fields in one. <laughs> and this something like, <laughs> oh, God, a copper cylinder boy that was you know, like an upturned dome. I don't know the name of that, to my shame. Uh, that that musician last night was Adam Dennis. He had just, it was his star turn last night and the timpani drove this. Um and delivered with vocalisms from the musicians who plucked, played, hissed and steamed away like a pan in a rolling boil of excitement. And it was really, really an exciting night. We met Diane Daly afterwards. She's uh, the lead violinist there. And she just said she was so, so, so sore 
after that concert. Uh, it was extremely beautiful and invigorating to look at. And you expected the strings to break away from all the strings <laughs> to snap in the air and make, make love in the sky or something, you know. And then a standalone second piece, uh, sorry, a sec- standalone second half was the, the Beethoven seventh. Brilliant. That's and fantastic uh, stuff. I'm going to ask you something you always ask me, Rose. Oh, sorry. By the way, they're playing, uh, our chamber orchestra plays with uh, bassoonist Diego Chena and clarinetist and composer and conductor Jorg Woodman tonight in the printmaker's venue within Dublin Castle. It's a 7.30pm show. Your Dublin friends and family still have time to book a ticket. Brilliant. And marks out of 10, Rose. Oh, God, off the... You know what? Uh, This had Strauss, this had Mozart, this had Beethoven. And I'm going to give the McCarthy Cup to Jorgen Mann (laughs) for his Cambrio. And it's... Oh, God. It just had a ferocity and a beauty and a brilliance. It was dissonant, yet intensely melodic and musical and very thrilling. Brilliant. Yeah. Rose, thanks very much for joining us. So that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. I'd like to thank Rose Rusher, our editor, for joining us this week and Megan Scully from the Limerick Post Show. For more news, arts, sports, entertainment and much, much more, visit limerickpost.ie or follow the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and we really are keeping Limerick posted. Yay!